Welcome to the perfume room. Today's scent of the day is actually two scents. On my right wrist, I am wearing Commodity Oris, and on my left wrist, I am wearing Montal So Iris Intense. And I did this because I'm doing a series on my TikTok where I basically explain fragrance notes using non-fragrance references so that ideally you can kind of smell or at least like visualize the sense that I am describing. Although I guess you wouldn't visualize it. What is the word for when you forecast a smell? Anyway, I digress. So I made the video explaining the differences between iris and oris, which leads me to my perfume juice of the day because my perfume juice of the day is all about the note oris, which you should know, by the way, is indeed my favorite note. And I feel like in the fragrance community, other people feel similarly. However, this is a note that does not get the proper hype, love, and attention that it so very much deserves outside of the fragrance community. And that is on us. We must continue to raise awareness for Oris. Today, I will do my part. Oris is actually Oris root, and it comes from the bulb of the iris flower. The best way that I can describe the smell is that it's like chalky and powdery, yet warm. There's a subtle sweetness to it. It's got almost like a waxy sort of lipstick type quality. And then there's also something that with everything I just said has like this earthiness to it. Not in like a dirt, moss, wood way, in like a starchy way. And the texture, it's like Neko Candies meets vintage lipstick. Like I said, it's like waxy, but chalky. It's warm. It's enveloping. It's not necessarily woody or aromatic or floral, although I will say it does smell a little bit like a very diluted version of violet. But man, like to me, it's just a category of its own. If I had to assign a zodiac to it, you know it would be Scorpio. Am I a Scorpio? Yes. Am I just giving myself my favorite note? Also, yes. Have I convinced you? If so, here are some amazing Oris fragrances I love. Commodity Oris, Kieran NYC Nitro Noir. I do have a link in my bio for a free sample with purchase. Zerjoff Apollonia. It's kind of like Narcisa Rodriguez for her, but with like these amazing Oris notes. Maison Margiela Lipstick On, which is totally like 1950s boudoir vibes. And the classic that is Chanel Number no. 19. And you know what? Let's just parlay this into the TikTok question of the day which actually inspired the video that I mentioned. The question comes from Dominique.nd, and they ask, Iris, Oris, are they in the same family? What do they smell like? So you guys are now pros on Oris, but let me tell you about Oris's fraternal twin, Iris. People who don't know them will say they can't tell them apart, but for those of us who do, we know they couldn't be more different. Iris feels a lot more formal. It's a bit more floral, a little bit closer to that sort of violet smell. It can sometimes skew soapy even. To me, it sits in like a higher range. Like it still has some of those chalky, waxy, lipsticky qualities, but in a much more cool tone, whereas Oris feels a little bit more earthy and warm and rounded. Oris smells like it came from underneath the ground and Iris smells like it sprouted above it, which is true. It's a little bit cleaner. You know what I mean? If Oris is affection, Iris is elegance. Here are some Iris fragrances to check out. Montal So Iris Intense, Glossier You, Panhaligon's Revenge of Lady Blanche, Christian Dior Bois d'Argent, and Dior Homme. On to our guest. 
Today, we are so lucky to be joined by not one, but two guests. We have Lillian Tung and Laura Schubert, the co-founders of Fur, which is a revolutionary body positive company changing the way that we groom our body hair. All of their products are vegan, cruelty-free, and safe for all of your bits and parts. You might have seen Fur on Shark Tank. You might have heard about Fur via Emma Watson. But the target consumer of fur, as you'll hear in the episode, is literally everyone. Also, you should know that in addition to being co-founders, Lillian and Laura are lifelong BFFs. In this episode, we talk about their childhood, we talk about stigmas against body hair and body odor, body hair trends, the origin stories of fur, the process of scenting various fur products, and of course, the personal scent memories and associations of Lillian's and Laura's lives. Without further ado... On to the episode. Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today we have Lillian Tung and Laura Schubert. They are the founders of Fur, an amazing personal grooming hair product that is changing the way that people care for their hair on all parts of their body. Welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. Well, thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here today. Of course. So this is a fragrance podcast. We talk about perfume. We talk about scent. We talk about scent memories and smell. And so I always like to start the pod asking, what are you guys currently wearing if you are wearing something right now? And also for our listeners, because it's a pet peeve of mine when there are multiple guests and you don't know whose voice is whose. So can Lillian say this is Lillian and Laura say this is Laura so all our listeners know who they're hearing? Sure. This is Lillian. And this is Laura. Amazing. So what are you guys currently wearing if you're wearing anything? I am not currently wearing something at this moment, but I'm currently really into like, it's like it's hitting summer. It's like summer in New York. And so I, whenever I feel like in that vacation mode, I go back to my vacation mode fragrance, even if I'm like working, um, which is Bobby Brown Beach. Mm, love that one. Which goes back to also my first job in beauty, which was at Bobby Brown. Oh, that's so amazing. Which is a whole nother story we can get into of like, why beauty and 100%. That, yeah love that fragrance love that brand that is a true like beach transplant fragrance like it smells like sunscreen and the sun yes, and the sand. And sand yeah and what about you laura uh i am not wearing a fragrance at this moment but i like frederick mall eau de magnolia Ooh. Um, which is actually a a gift from one of our fur formulators so always about fur wow Amazing. Do you feel like you guys have signature scents that you wear or is it what you're wearing today? For me, it's the Eau de Magnolia also. So that's sort of, I'm, I guess I'm a pretty loyal, loyal scent person. Hmm. And yeah, no, I don't. I like to change it up. Like I said, like seasons or occasion or something new that's just come across in a, a gift bag. <laughs> I'll try it all. Have you ever gotten one in a gift bag that you were just pleasantly surprised and you end up wearing that? Ooh, good question. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I got a small sample of the Neroli, of course, from Lalabo, which I loved, which, you know, it's not the most Lalabo, but oh, most famous. But like, I loved it because I just felt like it, yeah. it was fresh and it was light. And so I did, after getting that sample, get the small travel size one. But again, I guess this is so similar to our personalities, Laura. Like, I want to try all the different formulas and all the different fragrances and, like, get a little bit of this one and a little bit of that one. And Laura's like, I am loyal to this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is my fragrance. You know what? It's good to have both dynamics as co-founders, you know, because I, I often get people who have one signature scent that they've been wearing for 10 years. And then there's people who like, I personally switch up my fragrance every day, but I have the utmost respect for people who pick a fragrance, stick with it. And that is just the smell of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. I wanted to ask about the samples too, because I was saying before we started recording this podcast, the first time I ever tried a fur product was the fur oil and I received it as a sample in, I think, an order that I placed with Revolve. So anyone listening, if you order from Revolve, you might get that fur oil. Um, but I got an amazing vial of fur oil. I was like, what is this? I Googled it and I was like, okay, I know where this is going. And um, it was an amazing product. So samples really can help you discover an amazing fragrance. And Anna, did you think it was a fragrance sample when you when you received it? Because one thing about our branding that we're very conscious about is we always sort of try to be fragrance inspired mm -hmm. to stay elevated um, because we talk about the taboo topic of body hair we sort of always wanted our brand to have this umbrella of elegance and safety and comfort and so it's a very um, conscious nod to the perfume world so did you get did you get that in the sample or some people think it's a perfume too I totally did that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, how you guys came up with how you wanted to scent this product um, and, you know, for everyone listening, may, you, you guys describe it much more eloquently than I do. But if you want to describe what your what fur oil and the other fur products do, um, I think it's a great segue into figuring out how you guys came up with what they would smell like. Yeah, well, definitely. So fur was started. Um, Laura started working on it in 2014. Um, I joined her in 2015 where we decided, OK, we're going to get together and launch this brand. And the genesis of it was back then, you know, the conversation around body hair was very one-dimensional, which was body hair removal, 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 specifically also pubic hair removal, and just everything around that was either remove it or don't talk about it or talk about it in a very um, cutesy, coy, shame-based manner. And we felt like the market and ourselves, we wanted a product that just talked and celebrated body hair expressions of all forms. And so it allowed you to take care of your body hair, whether you shaved it or you waxed it or you didn't do anything in an upscale, elegant fashion. And so that, of course, drove, to Laura's point, a lot of that branding inspiration, because what is more elegant in the beauty world than fragrance? Right. So we wanted to take that elegant inspiration from beauty, uh, from fragrance and bring it into the world of body hair care. And so we launched in 2016, um, fur as the name fur, um, with a line of products that, you know, no matter what, which product is in our lineup, it's made with safe and clean ingredients that are derm and gyno tested. Um, that'll just help soften your hair and skin. Just a little bit more on fragrance too. Like I'd say that the environment of fragrance at the time in we were very conscious to you. We only use essential oils in our fragrance we, and we do not use artificial fragrances. And at the time, you know, 2015, 2016, when we were thinking about fur, we actually felt like a lot of body care just in general was very, very fragranced and artificially fragranced and artificial ingredients right. um, and just sort of strange fragrances. So like, you know, mango fur or, mm -hmm. you know, just, and so our, our whole idea with fur was not only would they be natural fragrances, um, they also wouldn't be overpowering because we also wanted to fight against this taboo that your smell is bad, uh, which is definitely sort of an undercurrent in, you know, in 
care for the pubic area in douching. And so there's actually, there, there was a very thing, even on the fragrance of the products that we, we weren't masking anyone's scent. Um, and we weren't using artificial fragrances and they certainly would be overpowering. You know, to add to that, you know, whole thing about not hiding people's scent, it's so important to take care of your body, hair, and skin in the way you wanted or you want to. And so we wanted it to feel like a ritual of self-care. And so part of that was using essential oils that evoke a very spa-like experience. So there's the citrus, there's the lavender, there's the sage, all that together, which is sort of our signature brand uh, brand fragrance, like in a variety of slight variations. Because again, you're in the shower, you come out of the shower, it's just this moment of calm, tranquility, and self-care. Amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what citrus, lavender, and sage, I was thinking, what scents would you associate with hair care and hair grooming, and especially with pubic hair? And Laura, I think you made a great point about, like, products called Mango Flirt. And you guys, I'm curious who your demographic is, because I know growing up as a millennial, I grew up, and I don't know if you guys grew up, I'm sure you experienced this too, with like scented tampons and Mm -hmm. all of the, and exactly what you were saying, Laura, of like, how can you make your vagina smell amazing? And how can you mask the odor? And how can you get rid of all the hair? And like, even just watching Sex in the City, where it was like, you know, of course they lasered all of their pubic hair. And I, I feel like, the idea that you guys are using essential oils is like it's an enha- it, it enhances it makes it an experience but you're saying like smell like you you don't need your private parts to smell like mangoes because that's not normal yes and again and so that's why we feel like these these top these essential well first of all they also do have uh you know properties that help in keeping your pores clear, you know, and, and actually like preventing the ingrown hairs. Like there is a functional element to it. But again, we were like, you have your spa experience, you have your ritual, and then the scent dissipates and it's your, it's your scent. And and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we, yeah, it's definitely part of fighting the taboo is fighting the taboo around scents and how, you know, in air quotes, you should smell. Right. So what was your experience prior to founding this company with pubic hair grooming or products that you guys use? Did you feel like there was a hole in the market for it? Well, so in 2014, I started thinking about fur. I was actually a management consultant um, and I worked in sort of heavy industry mostly. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely beauty was a big pivot for me. Um, but always with businesses. And, and you know, Lily and I are actually best friends from seventh grade. So we went to middle school, high school, college, and then got our MBAs together. And after that, Uh, I went into consulting, but I always knew I I sort of knew within five years I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I had this entrepreneurial bug, but not necessarily a beauty bug. And then I started talking again, sort of randomly to my sister about pubic hair and body care and like, what were you doing? And, And sort of to your point, you know, sex in the city and sort of I'll call it that genre of, oh, wow, you need to have no hair below the eyebrows was still you know, very much where sort of the conversation was. And, and we just felt like that it didn't ring true for us, you know, and it's, it's a great choice. But the whole idea was that why aren't there options to care for your hair and skin, no matter how you groom, because, you know, research shows that 99% of people groom and that's men, that's women, that's everybody groom their pubic hair and their body hair at some point in their life. And there's a choice whether to do it or not. And however you're doing it, maybe you want natural, beautiful products to care for your hair and skin. And so again, this is 2014. I was having these conversations. 
I wanted to start a business and I, I, I wanted the product. And so it was at that point that I said, you know, I think, I think this is it. This is the moment. And so Lillian can take over, but she was at L'Oreal post business school That's working in ask. brand management. Uh, and so I actually put a sample of our early, our uh, fur oil is actually in its final form, but in a blue unmarked bottle from the formulator and i said this is for oil or no we didn't even we have a name actually but i was like this is this oil this is this pubic hair oil that i've been telling you about just go home and try it and luckily she had had a few drinks at my party and so she put it in her bag yeah but i'll let her take it from there <laughs> right normal party conversation take home this pubic hair I oil mean, it is when it's your best friend and you've known each other forever yeah 100 um, for sure yes. and yet so so laura wanted this product formulated this product because there was nothing like it. I, on the other hand, was like, I don't see how one would need this product. It's never existed. Can you imagine trying to convince people to add an extra step in their beauty routine? See, I was coming from big beauty at L'Oreal, mascara, which is like the biggest category in the world mm -hmm. of cosmetics. And I was like, it's so competitive to just even convince people to go from this mascara to that mascara that they already have the habit. I was very nervous and not convinced that you could actually encourage people or even have people understand like you should be taking care of an additional part of your body. However, to Laura's point, had a couple drinks. She put this oil in a blue bottle in my bag and I went home and I tried it. And I have tried tons of formulas in my life, again, being the product junkie that I am, and I loved it. And I loved it and I was like, Laura, this is an amazing formula. I also think it was great on my pubic hair, but it was actually just in general an amazing oil. There's more than just pubic hair, there's just body. And so we decided to launch fur. But it was so interesting how we came from two very different dynamics of what you needed because at the end of the day I was like I don't need it and I tried it and I did like it but some people will just be like I don't need it Laura was like I need it where is it um and th th that was sort of just where all the conversations around pubic hair and body hair care came from and different opinions about it well maybe I had the benefit of naivety about beauty you know <laughs> so <I was> <laughs> don't worry I had the benefit of both of us had the benefit of naivete of um building a company and starting something and we're like oh yeah it's yes. like, not that hard <laughs> Wait, what, how hard could that be yeah it's not that hard it's very hard so what was that process like did you did you have to go into like an accelerator program and like go through all rounds of like angel investing how did you do that no we are founder owned to this day and self-funded you are looking at the management team wow and investors and yeah management team investors self-funded founders us too. Amazing. And now we have an amazing team that helps. We have an amazing team of about 10 and growing under us. Um, but, you know, every, we always say, you know, every job at FUR we, we have done personally, I mean, including fulfillment, mm -hmm. which we originally mm -hmm. did from Lillian's house while she was extremely pregnant with her first child. <laughs> um, and then that's when we decided to move to a fulfillment center. That's a huge help, I'm sure. Well, Laura's, Laura's house was the storage facility and warehouse. So we stored. I was the warehouse. So her, yeah. she was the warehouse in her house. Right. And I was the shipping facility. Right. And that's how we divided the job <laughs> or the divided fulfillment. Yes. That's amazing. Um, and we used to do everything. Like um, we would email everyone who ordered a personal email just saying thank you for ordering until it became too much. Um, 
you know, Laura did all the sales calls originally to our retailers where she would have a box of fur oils in her car and drive around. I built our first website. I got chased out of a major department store once for non-solicitation. <laughs> oh, can you elaborate or is it? <laughs> no, they were very nice about it. But yeah, it turns out, you know, as you might imagine, department store company policy is no solicitation. But, right, you know, right. I, I, but I did have products in the back of my rental car. I was going to a wedding in Florida and I passed this big department store. And I, and I was like, I don't even know where to begin with this department store. So why don't I just walk in and talk to the floor associate? So I did. Yeah. And so she was very nice about it. And she said, look, we have a no solicitation policy. So you're really going to need to leave. But this is very cool. And I wish you the best of luck. And like you get I learned something that day. And again, there's you know, I we've been personally rejected a lot. And I think that's part of the process. Right. I mean, when people see outwardly your product, they see all the success you've had. They don't see all of the all of the no's or not right now's that you got. They only see what did come to fruition. So I think it's there's a lot behind the scenes that people don't get to see. And there has been a lot of, you know, not right now. And so that that's actually something that's become even more pertinent, I feel, this year, that we, we've we always had pubic on the front of our fur oil box, our signature product. And, you know, early, again, we are, we are self-funded. And in sort of 2017, 2018, some major retailers would take our meetings and they said, look, we really love you. you. We love your branding. We love the formula. But we need you to take pubic off the box because, you know, this is just going to make our customer uncomfortable. Mm. And and so we took that feedback really seriously. It was from a, a good place with the retailers. You know, they know their customers and they're, you know, we're all we're all in the same boat. But we also knew that we couldn't do that because we are a mission based brand and and we are about furthering the conversation around pubic hair and making it comfortable and okay to talk about pubic hair and body hair. And so it definitely meant that some retailers said, well, you know, let, we'll, we'll revisit this. And we did. So we all revisited. A lot of those retailers we're in today, but there were, there were definitely, there was definitely a lot of early resistance to what we were doing. Was that something that you ever debated of, you know, in order to get distribution, in order to move forward, we should remove it? Or you always were like, we are mission-based. We will find the right partners for us. This is what we're doing. Well, we always considered the feedback mm -hmm. because it came from the right place. And, you know, again, like maybe, you know, I, I, and, and we're about making people comfortable. The other thing is, you know, when we launched, we launched with, and Lily collaborate here, we launched with fur oil and stubble cream because we've always been about embracing your hair from bare to full, whatever you want. And sort of same thing with retailers. They're, they're not telling us that they can't put pubic on the box. I mean, I think it was coming from a very genuine place and you really have to meet people where they are and make everyone comfortable in reframing what can be a difficult subject for people. And so that's buyers as well as, you know, customers. Um, and so we really thought it was about thinking about it, considering it, but we really, you know, always stay true to our values and said, well, this just can't happen right now. Right. And also, I mean, Laura and I we were talking to these beauty retail veterans, you know, who have so many years of experience. And if that's the feedback they're giving us, it's really hard for us as sort of newcomers to this area to be like, oh, absolutely not. We're not even going to listen to you. Like we want to learn. We wanted to hear it. And, and also, you know, like, again, yes, they have a lot of experience. They know their customers. So we, of course, thought about it. Um, but also then had to stay true to what we care about in our mission um, and didn't want to like, you know, if the retailers didn't think pubic at the front of the box was appropriate, we weren't going to like fight a battle, try to hit them over the head with it or do anything like that. 
you know, to Laura's point, we, we could hear you. We understand that. We're not going to force you. You know your customers. We'll, re- we'll reassess, you know, in a year, in two years. And and it, it's true. It's evolved. You know, the customers have evolved. The market has evolved. Culturally, we've all evolved. Like, everything has moved in a place that it, it would have been a disservice to the brand to have, like, forced it out there and been really aggressive and been like, you're wrong if you can't be with us with pubic or you're wrong if you don't want to talk about like body hair and pubic hair. That's sort of equally not inclusive. And we've, we've always been inclusive from the get go. Right. Well, I mean, you're talking about the inclusivity and the evolution of how people talk about body hair. Who would you guys say is the target demo for fur? He's like the worst marketer's answer ever, but everyone has body hair. And to Laura's point, 99% of people want to like do something with it. So that's our target. Anyone who has any desire to take care of their body, hair, and skin, which is a lot of people. Again, so that's, but part of the brand, you know, people are like, oh, like body hair is only a a women's issue. Is it really? Absolutely not. Like we don't view it. We don't say our target demo is a woman who goes and shaves her legs every day, nor do we say it's, you know, a man who really wants to take care of his chest hair. It's a person who wants to take care of themselves. That's amazing. Like, I feel like it, I feel like this is a type of product that people see the word grooming and people tend to associate, let's market this towards women, let's yada, yada, yada. And what I love about fur, and it's very indicative on the packaging, is that it's very much for everyone and it feels very inclusive to all genders and all ages because it's, like you said, everybody has hair. Right. And we make sure to, yeah, from the packaging and the branding to the, you know, imageries that we depict, the imagery we depict both on our social, our advertising, our campaign visuals, the models we work with, the influencers we work with, we partner with a variety of body types, body hair types, you know, genders, expressions, like all of those things because body hair is pretty universal. I want to talk about what you guys specifically how you're targeting a younger generation, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, just about when we were, you know, going through adolescence, the marketing was very much don't have hair below the eyebrows, like you were saying. Um, Do you find that Gen Z is changing this trend? I mean, I think Gen Z is definitely more open to different body hair expressions or just the whole culture is opening up more. But again, I think I think the key point is that Actually, you know, and looking at those studies, actually, people have always been there. So I sort of feel like 10 years ago, people didn't talk about keeping their body hair, but Mm -hmm. people did. I mean, it it has always been depending on how you felt the season, your partner at that moment. But I, I just think there's more of an openness to the conversation. But I truly believe that the variety in grooming has always been there. Lillian, you were mentioning, too, that with your background at L'Oreal, like the, how hard it is to get people to change their beauty routine and just even switch a mascara. And one of the things that I saw about fur, and I want to know how if this helped um, you guys or how this happened, was that Emma Watson raved about using fur. Did you, how did that come about? And, and what did you guys do after you saw her publicly, you know, make that statement? Well, we... Um... Long story short, it was a surprise. It was just as surprising to us as to anyone else. <laughs> exactly. So we got into the office. We're like, why are there like so many sales going on right now? Like what's with our revenue? And then 
some like all of a sudden all our friends were like, did you see, did you see like Emma Watson talked about you at Into the Gloss? And we're like, what? So um, she's of course um, an avid proponent of body positivity and self-empowerment, which is amazing. She had discovered us at one of our favorite indie retailers in London. Um, at the same time, you know, I'm sure we'd seeded it to her through her publicist. Um, we had some mutual friends in common. Like there were just a variety of ways in which we could never attribute one or the other, but it was amazing. And I think she and the way she expressed how she used it and why she believed in it was exactly how we felt about it as well. And so she understood fur, she understood fur oil. And I think that resonated so deeply with everyone who read it. And as a result, like, yes, thank, we sold out of, you know, a year's worth of inventory in three weeks um, because she could not have been a more authentic advocate. Um, and we were so deeply appreciative of it. So yeah, that's, that's basically the story of how it came about. How did we react? I mean, we were shocked. Um, we were still such a new company at that point, like less than two years old. We were still using the site that I'd built. So like not nearly as robust as it should have been for a moment like that. Um, but it was great. Cause I think also creating a category of body hair care and talking about pubic hair in a way that was, you know, very matter of fact and open requires a lot of legitimacy because we're forging that path. Her put, talking about us really helped us along that path to legitimacy. And as a result of that, you know, because of that, you know, not only were customers like, oh yeah, we trust her, but retailers then started wanting to talk to us more, you know, but, but again, they were still like hesitant about the word pubic, but at least, you know, there was a little bit more recognition there and a little bit more like, okay, like, you know, maybe there really is a category here. Maybe there really is the consumer demand. And so that, you know, um, helped push us along that path as well. What an amazing brand lift that, I mean, and also not only is she a celebrity, but she is, like you said, such a proponent of body positivity. It's like, you couldn't get a better person to just organically promote your product. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other celebrities who over the years have touted your products? Not publicly, but we do know celebrities who have used them or come in to ask for them, but we're not allowed to share that. Um, men and women. So yes, I mean, that's the thing though, because whether you're a celebrity or just, you know, my next door neighbor, you have body hair and possibly the desire to take care of it. Yeah. I think it's just amazing to have a product that is all about just making your hair softer and better because, you know, I even remember, and I think to open up the conversation, like when I was in college, you know, it was very much like everyone shaved their pubic hair and I would get such bad ingrowns that the, the remedy that I gave myself was I thought that I needed to get laser in order to stop getting ingrowns. And it's like my body was literally saying like, stop getting rid of your hair. My reaction to that was, let me go to a dermatologist. Let me pay for someone who's going to permanently remove hair just so that I don't get, you know, like ingrown hairs anymore. And I think, do you guys have experience like when you finally realized in your personal lives, like I'm done trying to fit a mold. This is what I want to do. Well, I mean, again, I definitely think I was sort of there uh, when we were developing fur and sort of in, in 2014. I mean, I was definitely in the same place, you know, getting getting lots of waxes, which again is totally fine. But I also I also had a lot of ingrowns. Um, and, and again, I was just like, maybe, maybe I, maybe I just want to do something different. And I just didn't find to your point, any support out there for any other grooming choice. 
and and sort of again but thinking about it like the interesting thing is what so when we launched we we were immediately embraced by the esthetician community because i think they know more than anyone the importance of aftercare and the importance of taking care of your hair and skin and so we actually have a very um vocal and enthusiastic esthetician community because part of the problem i think in sort of 10 years ago was again there there just wasn't a lot of elevated aftercare there wasn't safe or tested aftercare and and a lot of estheticians again buy our products and retail them in their stores saying this is great now people can get the results they're looking for with waxing Mm -hmm. so there's so there's sort of all all those things going on before fur came out there was nothing to take care of your body hair right which I liken it to like before hair conditioner existed, like you'd be like, okay, I just like wash my hair and like leave it as is. And like, it's fine. It's not, but you realize now, oh, wow. Like, you know, I would, my hair, which is just slightly better. And it's a much more pleasant experience when I have hair conditioner, which I don't know about you, but like then encourages me to be more adventurous. Like I feel like knowing that my body hair is going to be well taken care of. I am much more adventurous instead of saying I have to always get waxed every three weeks because I don't want to see it. So I don't have to deal with it or I have to shave all the time. Now you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I do want to go get waxed. I know afterward I won't have like horrible ingrowns or I don't actually feel like waxing because I don't know, I'm a busy mom of two or I just want to feel different or look different, but you know, it'll still also be okay. And so when you know that no matter what you're going to do is going to result in something that will be okay, you feel more open to those possibilities. At least, you know, that's how I feel personally. So I have definitely embraced more of the variety as I've incorporated these products into my routine. I mean, I definitely was really into variety before too, but it was just a lot harder because, you know, if you like didn't get waxed for a while, like there would be like this awkward period or like, you know, then you'd find it very itchy and like just that now that's just not um, the case. And then, you know, also before fur, the aftercare products to Laura's point of the estheticians, like they couldn't wholeheartedly recommend aftercare back then because there was aftercare in the sense of very like alcohol laden, harsh acids, not safe for your pubic area products that could sort of like a very scorched the earth mentality of like wax it, then douse it and burn it. And like, yeah, everything will be okay. And don't talk about it. It's crazy. And hide them when people come over because the packaging isn't elevated. How did we do this? It's so crazy. Oh my God. Do you guys remember like bikini zone? That was like the only product. Exactly. Like bikini zone and the the things that are like the blue splashy liquid that you're like, oh my God, if I got that into my eye, like I probably wouldn't be able to see for a while. Like, (laughs) like, you know, it just, just feels like without the tools. Yes. I feel like the motto of fur is like, it gets better. It's like you've literally like <laughs> put your body through trauma trying to do something with body hair. And this is like the it gets better of like, no, 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 no. Just put a nice oil on it, soften up the hair and just go about your day. Like bikinis don't burn. That, oh, that yeah. was. Yeah. It's like, don't fight it. Just care for it. Which doesn't mean fight. That doesn't mean don't remove it. Totally. If you want to remove it, yeah. you can still take care of it. You know, like go to a good place to get it removed or make sure you're using a really good razor or a really good shave cream to remove it or whatever you're doing. And then also take care of it afterward. Like we're not saying like throw your razors out. Right. (laughs) It's just like maybe you make sure you're using like a high quality product when you're doing it. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Today's Perfume 101 is going to be short and sweet. 
and it is all about how I apply perfume. Now, there may be people who do it differently. I really don't know if there is one right answer, and I get this question a lot, and I don't think there's like a scientific way of like, this is how you must do it. I think it depends on how strong you want to smell, what the purpose of what you're wearing it for is. Anyway, this is what I do. I literally, it's so basic, I can't believe I'm making a 101 about this, but I honestly, I just spray it on both wrists, I dab them together, I dab it on my neck, and if it's something really potent and I don't want to smell too strong, I spray it and I walk through it. Would experts tell me this is not the best way to do it? Probably, but it's what works for me. Um, but in general, my recommendations would be spray it in those pulse points, get your wrist, get your neck, get crevices in your elbows. People I know put it behind their knees. Wherever you might sweat, put perfume if you want it to last long. Also, contrary to popular belief, if you put it on as soon as you get out of the shower, that's actually a little bit better because your pores are more open. And as I'm thinking about the advice I just gave you, I just want to confirm that I am not endorsing putting it in every crevice. I would avoid your private parts. For that, use fur. Back to the episode. I, um... I have nared my boyfriend's back hair. Oh my Do gosh. Do you recommend that I treat it with fur after I nair it? Oh my gosh, thousand percent, yes. <laughs> so I mean- I might wait 24 hours with nair. Nair is a lot. <laughs> oh, yes. I didn't mean like douse him right away or like submerge him in fur oil, but absolutely, yeah. Definitely. Actually, though, it depends on his like skin type, right? So if he has like a very sensitive skin, which, and so like nair could be irritating and cause redness. If you feel like it's, he gets redness yeah. or, or bumps, I would actually recommend ingrown concentrate hmm. um, after you nair his back. Okay. Just because it has like soothing chamomile and tamanu oil, um, whereas fur is a little bit more clarifying. Okay. And just moisturizing. Good to know. Whereas ingrown concentrate is a little bit more healing. Yeah, but definitely give it a try. Wow. I'm getting a product consultation on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as, you know, I am very body hair positive and have stopped shaving, there is something so satisfying about when you, when I nair his back and I see the hair follicles die. I don't know if you guys have had that experience, but there's, there's something in that that is just, I don't know. I feel like a sadist. I just like watch it come out. I have to talk about that in therapy. This is this is not a fur issue. No, but. I mean, look, it's all grooming. And, and again, like grooming has, people have done grooming since the dawn of time. And, they re, and so, I mean, that's also why, you know, through our packaging and through everything else, like we, we feel this is a category that maybe hasn't existed, but it's a, a timeless category. Yes. Because we all groom and we always have. I mean, you, you open up Egyptian tombs and people find like, hair scrapers. I mean, so we, we also think it's pretty, we, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I sort of love that about our brand that we do feel like we're part of this sort of human impulse. Mm. Another thing that's part of human impulse that's also been in Egyptian tombs to segue is fragrance. Yes. And I want to talk about your own personal scent memories. This is a pod where we just talk about fifth sense and how it has affected, you know, other aspects of your life. I think the way that you guys have, have scented your products sounds like an amazing spa treat. And I want to just learn more about what your scent memories are. Like, is there a smell that you guys associate with your childhood, childhoods? Although you did grow up together. So maybe it's a, a smell you guys smelled when you were hanging out in seventh grade. Hmm. That's a good question. No, but I do have the funniest scent story about Laura and me growing up. Laura might not remember this, but I'm sure she does because she's not a good <laughs> Uh-oh, I don't know if I've heard this. I can't <laughs> wait to so hear. This is a scent story of our growing, our, our youth. So Laura and I did gymnastics together when we were in middle school and high school. And 
um, we were on the team. And so everyone had like the same sweatshirt. And Laura and I are the, were the same size. We had the same sweatshirt, it was the same size, and we were always together. And I don't like to share clothes because I'm like a germaphobe. So I would like be terrified that I would take her sweatshirt. So I would go around smelling our sweatshirts and I could <laughs> always differentiate which one was mine and which one was hers. So either mine had a distinct smell or hers had a distinct smell, but whatever it was, like I could sniff them apart. Wow. And I would be like, here's yours. And I'd like throw it to her and be like, I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> Laura, does this at all ring a bell? And that's also our dynamic where I was like, okay, whatever. Like, because of course I'm a sharer. I don't care. Laura's like, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, yeah, it's my sweatshirt. She's like, you could have worn my sweatshirt if you want. I'm like, no. Uh, that's so yeah. funny. It's like, if you're cold, I'll give you my so, sweatshirt. Lillian's like, no. Right. No. No. I'd rather freeze. <laughs> Uh, so I definitely, and I'm sure, I, and I wonder if that sweatshirt was now given to me, if I would smell it and be like, oh my God, I remember like gymnastics practice with Laura, you know, like I'm sure because I spent a lot of time apparently doing that. <laughs> hmm. Laura, any, any scent memory for you? Um, yeah, I guess just right now, honestly, when you said that, I'll just say what, what came to mind when we was just freshly cut grass. I mean, maybe it's just because it's the springtime and I don't have terrible seasonal allergies, which a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, just sort of just thinking about spring and sort of, I don't know, school being out. Like for me, that's all together and that's all sort of the scent right now. And then maybe honestly, with sort of the end of maybe end, I hope, of the pandemic, I think all those scents to me are sort of resonating right now. Mm. Yeah, the smells of summer. You guys have been friends for so long. Do you feel like who you are today as co-founders and business partners? Like if you had to look back at your seventh grade selves, do you feel like it's exactly who you were then? The same dynamics? Or do you feel like you've evolved as you've... How is seventh grade version of Laura and Lillian different from today? Or the same? <laughs> Lillian's looking at me. No. Go go ahead. Go ahead, Lillian. Well, we might have very different answers and we won't hold back. Yeah, we never do. Uh, I think we're pretty much the same, but just more extreme versions of ourselves. Just because, you know, over time you continue to invest in your strengths and probably should try to work on your weaknesses, but they probably just get worse um, and your vices. But I mean, it's pretty similar. Laura's the idea generator thinker and and sort of always has been and the person that I rely on and and I'm sort of the like get it done person I I, I mean even back then and now I don't know Laura do you feel the same different no I actually do feel the same I mean and also so I well a dynamic of our relationship is definitely that we we don't hold back with each other and we feel free to disagree uh, but we are very consensus driven at the end of the day because we know when we both agree to something it's the right answer um, prefer. Uh, but I, I think it was the, the markers were always there, even if we didn't recognize it at the time. We've always done things together. So whether that was, yeah, captains of the gymnastics team, or even I often bring up, you know, we did a high school French club, like I think I was the president. And so we had to do a French day, which was our first sort of the school ever. And so I, of course, pulled Lillian, I was like, Lillian, you're going to help me do this thing. <laughs> so we've always had that dynamic in college and sort of, I, I also think it, and sort of this deep trust and we rely on each other and can rely on each other and like to to sort of do projects together and get things done I think has always been part of our relationship and and that's also I mean we wouldn't I think Lily and I'm gonna speak for both of us you can pipe up but we we wouldn't necessarily recommend starting a company with your best friend but the kind of best friends we are you know 
was sort of, I think, uniquely suited to what we're doing. So it definitely has been a really um, happy, I don't know, accident, not happy accident, ha- ha- fortuitous, fortuitous turn of events. So it's funny you say that because um, I sound like I always feel like such a hypocrite when people come to us for advice or come to me for advice about like co-founders. And they're like, like, I'm thinking about starting a company with my friend, my best friend, blah, blah, blah. And I shudder. And I'm always, always like, don't do it. Do not do it. And they're like, but you and Laura. And I'm like, that was like, I wouldn't start it with any of my other best friends. Let's put it that way. And like, the, our best friend relationship is such that we have different circle of friends and interests and they actually don't overlap. But Laura and I have always worked together really well in that way. It's not just best friends start a company. That's, uh, I think a lot of people have done that and I don't think it works out well. Right. It's uh, people, best friends who uh, complement each other in the right project oriented way. And that's not common. <laughs> and so, yeah, I always feel really hypocritical when I'm like, please don't do that. It's really dangerous. You should really not. You should really rethink that. Right. And me too. And then people are like, well, don't you like, don't you like your best friend? Yeah. Like, they're like, so do you hate Laura? <laughs> like, yes, I love her. She's the best, but it's not the same for most people. <laughs> right. It's just proceed with caution, right? Proceed with caution. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just hearing the way that you guys answer questions differently, even how we open the interview, like the way that you both experience fragrance differently, I think is a testament to just the balance in your working and relationship and your and your friendship. Yeah, there's a lot of balance. Speaking of fragrance and the importance of balance in fragrances, balance in relationships and balance in starting a company and, and running a company, because we often say like, Starting a company and building a company is very much like a roller coaster ride. There's ups and downs. But the great thing about having Laura as my partner is when I'm feeling down, she'll understand or she off, you know, she sees the up and it's vice versa. It allows us to balance each other out. And then I think balance out sort of the trajectory of the company and the team, because otherwise it really is just too much up and downs. It's, you know you know, cause it's small business life. Yeah. I have a ton of respect for solo founders at the same time that, but so again, we just feel very, very fortunate, like very, you know, that this, this worked out. Yeah. You guys are the exception and, and not the rule. Do you guys have a smell that you associate with love? Whatever that means. Oh, that's my husband's fragrance. Of course. Ooh, what's that? I am so, am I, am I such, so, am I so mushy? Lillian is secretly mushy. <laughs> I'm secret mush. So we just celebrated our seven year anniversary like two years ago, two days ago. We just celebrated seven years together. Congrats. Um, I don't know what it is. It's like the Frederick Mall Mall scent, also purchased by our formulator as a gift. Of course it is, because all we can get to that another Of course. (laughs) course So it's it's that one, whatever one it is, I can go find it. But um, yeah, because he's European, he's Italian, he wears fragrance every day. Wow. So fragrance actually really does have, yeah, but so like to your question about memory, like it's not really memory because you're living it. It's current. Yeah. But yeah, that smell of like him doing the spritz and he like sprays it on and walks out the house as he's walking out or coming back in or like, you know, I'm like taking his dress shirts and sending them out to the dry cleaner. So I like throw them in the bag and like as you're throwing them in the bag, the residual fragrance comes up at you. It's just really nice. Mm, that's lovely. So yeah, that's my super mushy moment. Mm, also great taste. Look, look at that smile coming off of Laura's face. Aww. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I was just thinking my, my husband, his fragrance is degree sport. So 
Lillian has a better story here. Frederick Mall, degree sport, potato, potato. You know, I think Frederick Mall would disagree, but they're both great in their own right. We have such private husbands, but that also is such a, I don't know, definitive. Like that's, yes, obviously your husband is degree sport and mine is Frederick Mall. It's just like true to their personalities. I love it. Do they use fur products? Yes, for sure. Totally. All of them, in fact. And in fact, I get complaints when they, they run out in the bathroom. <laughs> so, <laughs> As do I. Mine, mine asks for when are the travel size versions of these coming out so I can put them in my like office kit or travel kit because Silk Scrub, the new one coming out in September, Laura, like Ingrown Concentrate, he must have them in his DOP kit at all times. You were talking about Silk Scrub. I'd love to hear about that. So Silk Scrub has actually been out. Silk Scrub has been out since uh, 2018. Uh, it's our in-shower exfoliator. It's both chemical and physical exfoliants. Um, again, it's a very light scent. It's that same lavender fragrance. And it's a body exfoliator, but it's also a great gentle face exfoliator if you don't leave it on as like a mask, if you just use it as a wash. So that's what my husband's talking about, why he likes Silk Scrub. We do have another product coming out in September. I can't talk about it right now. Um, it does. It's again, though, in that really, yeah, it's same spa-like fragrance, um, a very sensorial experience with this new product coming out in September that's sort of an added product to your fur ritual in the bathroom. Oh, oh, okay. I would also say, I mean, man, so Silk Scrub is definitely a top hit in our house, but also just shave cream and then ingrown concentrate, I think, is the is the classic for sort of a, 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 a tradition, I guess, male identifying person hmm. that we would recommend. Because especially ingrown concentrate on like ingrowns around the sort of neck area. Great. I'm placing an order as soon as we get off this call of every single thing that you just said. And I'm going to start my fur regimen. I'm very excited. Nice. And stubble cream. Stubble cream. Stubble cream. Okay. Stubble cream. Stubble cream now for the summer, all over moisturizer that feels really fresh and cool as you use it. So I just stubble cream my entire body after like I shave my legs and you're, you're basically good to go. Oh, that is good. We have a segment that we like to end the show on. It is, again, a scent and smell association segment, and it is called What's That Smell? Mm, what's that smell? And basically, I will name a person, place, or thing, and you guys just rapid fire tell me what the first smell that comes to mind is when I say it. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? Sure. I love a game. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. Just pretend there's like an imaginary buzzer. I know. Lillian's like... very competitive. We're both pretty competitive, but... <laughs> We'll okay. See. Yeah, there is a there is a winner. There is a clear answer. I'm gonna win, Laura. You will. I'm gonna, but I, that's fine. You will. <laughs> I, I declare it already. Laura's like, it's okay. <laughs> Laura's like, I declare myself loser. Uh, <laughs> getting back to the sweatshirt, I'm like, fine. You win. <laughs> <laughs> you win. As long as it's for the good, is what Laura says. What's that smell? Let's go. Pubic hair. Normal. You. Okay. Summer's Eve. Ooh, flor floral but very artificial floral. Fruity. Fruity. Okay. Your teenage years. Hard candy nail polish. <laughs> Ooh, is a smell. I might actually think about that Nair water, the watermelon from the Nair. <gasps> mm. oh, like yeah. a perfect mix of watermelon and skunk, right? <laughs> and that, yeah. Well, the artificial watermelon. That's a good one, Laura. Nair. Nair was the death of so many teenagers. Okay. Um, I digress. What is the smell of New York City? Ooh, hot concrete. Sidewalk garbage. Both. Well, so. <laughs> two sides of the same coin. 
the hot concrete is roasting the sidewalk garbage. Mmm, <laughs> yum. That is good. Can I, as a funny anecdote, just so you know, whenever I asked a guest what the smell of New York City is, everyone says something disgusting. Like, nobody is ever like, mmm, like, sweet air. They're just like, trash, garbage, bleh. Like, I'm like, oof, okay, tell me how you yeah. really feel. Ah, uh, okay. What is the smell of your first date? Ooh, New York City summer night smell. You know, it's like a little bit floral, a little bit alcoholic. It's like everyone's like outdoor, out on a roof, and it's humid. A tad of garbage. <laughs> tad of a tad of that heated garbage. See, it's nighttime though, so it's cooling off, so it's not quite as roasted. Yeah, yeah, just a little cool garbage. I was going to say late late summer breeze, the river. Mm. Oh, the river, of course. It sounds like you guys are on a double date. These are like the same. Um, yeah, <laughs> amazing. What is the smell of rejection? Ooh, maybe the change of smell from sort of the out, the inside of a store to the outside world. You know, you sort of got to <laughs> leave. You got to leave, right? Transition. That corporate office smell, where there's just like recycled air smell. I know it's stale, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and and we're gonna close on a more positive note. What is the smell of freedom? That hot summer day smell. Open water. Open water. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, Lillian and Laura, this has been an absolute joy to have you on the podcast. Fur is changing the hair grooming game. If people are listening to this and they would like to experience it for themselves, where can they find your products? Check out furyou.com, F-U-R-Y-O-U.com, or follow our Instagram, F-U-R underscore Y-O-U. And if you want more on sort of the journey of being a beauty founder, you can definitely follow me, Lillian, at Lillian Tung uh, is my Instagram handle. And Laura is uh, underscore Laura Schubert on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You guys can follow Perfume Room at Perfume Room Pod on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Emma Vern or on TikTok at Emma underscore Vern. Have a beautiful, hairful day. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Perfume Room is co-produced and edited by Adam Avalos, music by Max Vernon, and art by Israel Rodriguez. 